are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live, Toaster360. He, of course, is Steve, Xbox Live, Stevevich. And we're feeling radioactive in episode 124 today, May 30th, 2019. We are going to be talking about a few different items here. Gaming news includes Death Stranding and the Avengers. Technology news has Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opening in Disneyland. And our topic of the day is Godzilla, King of the Monsters movie review, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located in this episode's detailed section of iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Otherwise, just keep listening. Why, Ola? Or no, I should. I suppose I could. Say, I should say. Uh, wait, Kanichiwa is porque? Porque is is español for why, isn't it? Yes, Russ. So I could say porque, hola, mi hermano. Why, hello, Esteban. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's how you actually say it. Yeah, probably. It's not. probably broken Spanish. <laughs> Spanglish. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Um. It's been a long week. It's been a long four days. This week is supposed to be shorter, Russ. This was a very long week. Yeah, we've been having a few of those as of late. Yeah. You know what else? No, I don't. My back still hurts. My glute, my right glute <laughs> still hurts from jumping over the fence your to let your daughter in the pool. Butt cheek. Right, right in the belt section. My yes. It was it was feeling fine until today, and then it started to flare up again. I'm sorry to hear that, Steve. Yeah, Have great. you taken any pain medication? No. Well, yes, but not today. Not today. Why not today? Because I don't didn't really notice it until I got home and there it was, kind of thumping me, you know, like pushing up against my butt cheek. Oh, what is that <laughs> thing? Is that not? <laughs> yeah. Did you know that they're making another Terminator movie? You knew that, right? Yes. You know the trailer's out for that? Yes. Have you seen it? Yes. What'd you think of it? It does. Here's the issue that I have. Basically, it sucks because you didn't have that that initial reaction of like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it was awesome. My beef is Terminator 2 Judgment Day was such an iconic film. And what's interesting to me is that James Cameron, especially when it comes to the alien property and Terminator well, I was going to say Terminator 2, but it's the Terminator property. What was interesting was that he was the director of the sequel for both movie franchises, Aliens and Terminator 2, both of which arguably are the best film in those respective series. Like any Terminator movie that came before or after Terminator 2, it just was not as good. And so it's interesting because they, they continue to make more and more of these Terminator movies, but they're, they are unable to recapture the magic that was Terminator 2, which is it's saying something when you think about how far we've come with CGI over the years, because the Terminator 2 came out, I believe, in like 1992. A lot of twos in there. But, I mean, that was a long time ago. So, I mean, and at the time, that, that the whole liquid metal thing was brand spanking new, and no one had ever seen anything like that before. And to this day, we have just been introduced to so many different concepts that are, you know, able to be done in CG. and CG overload. It, but what's weird is, like, like, for instance, the trailer that was out for it, I watched it, and I just found myself being underwhelmed. Like, I, and again... It's so funny that you asked me about this because it's <laughs> caused me to have this whole like diatribe. But what I have found as a trend within the last couple of years is how I respond to seeing certain actors be brought back to the silver screen. So like, for instance, in that movie, my, the favorite part I saw in the movie trailer for the, the, the new Terminator movie was Sarah Connor. Right. Like seeing her step out of the car, that was the highlight of the entire trailer. The same can be said for Star Wars, um, The Rise of Skywalker. The My favorite part of that entire trailer was seeing Billy D. Williams right. as Lando Calrissian flying the Millennium Falcon. I mean, it just, it's crazy to see that. And even like, you know, if you were to look at some of the other Star Wars movies that came out, 
that have an aged Mark Hamill or, or Harrison Ford, those types of, of actors just have a certain something that like, I don't know if it's because we were kids when we, when we discovered who they were and we grew up with watching them on screen or what the deal is. But I find that a lot of the, the new generation of actors are just forgettable. They all just kind of blend together and don't have any kind of staying power. And I, I just find that that's how it is with a lot of these films that have come out recently. It's just, I, it's funny to me how like I, I, I key on that, that one thing and I think it's, I think the same can be said even like with Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the, the quintessential Terminator. And I think it was neat how James Cameron was able to bring in this new T-1000. But when you look at this new version of whoever the evil <laughs> Terminator is, he doesn't really cause any kind of dread Right. Um, from me, as opposed to the T-1000, where I, I have watched that movie so many times. Every time I watch it, the guy still creeps me out. It's still super spooky the way the the character is portrayed. You know, what would have been cool is if they used the T-1000 in this movie, where you see Arnold, you're like, oh, man, Arnold, you know, always back again, you know, as the Terminator, and then outsteps the T-1000, but he's a good guy now, too. That would have been a flip. Yeah. So <laughs> it would have been a double. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I have seen it, and um, I just... I, even even the, the I, I guess there is some other kind of Terminator character that it looks like it's like a, a, a short haired blonde female, I believe. And that just seems kind of weird to the way it's portrayed. And I don't know, like it doesn't it, it's lacking that epic feeling right. that Terminator 2 had. And it's not limited to that particular film. Like I said, there are other Terminators that have come and gone since Terminator 2 that also just, they it, they fail to really be on that level. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, James Cameron, um, I don't know. I think he has seen his day. Well, he didn't direct this movie. Well, what did he do to it? He, I think he, he was a producer on it, but he did not direct this latest Terminator movie. Mm-hmm. I'll have to go back and see because I thought he did all, everything on it. Mm-mm. No. No, he didn't. And that's the thing well. is that, like, as of late, he's been kind of chastised for Avatar. But if you think about it, the man knows how to make a movie. I actually had a conversation with a, a friend recently about this, and I think just due to all the hype that, that Avengers Endgame has received and how it has a chance to dethrone Avatar as the number one movie, I make it a point to also reflect back onto just how many quality movies James Cameron has made. And he's made a lot. I mean, right. he's made Titanic. He's made the abyss Terminator two aliens, even avatar itself from a technological standpoint was very much cutting edge for its day. I'm talking like an overall really good James Cameron movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen one since Titanic. It's been a while. <laughs> but he did, I mean, in his defense, it took him a long time for Avatar to, to I mean, Titanic came out in like 97, I yeah. would say. And then Avatar came out in, what was it, 2006, Something 2008, right yeah, somewhere around there? Yeah. I think it was right in there. So, I mean, that's, that's a considerable amount of time. That's like a 10-year stint where he was you know, fine tuning that whole thing. And then, and then after that, I think he's just been working on all the, the Avatar sequels, which... <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's interesting to think about because he's working on two, three, four, and five, I believe of avatar. And I'm honestly not sure how those movies are going to fare at the box office. I guess it's going to be kind of more of a, a wait and see deal. But anyway, what else is going on? So I, what I did this week, Russ, see, I knew we were going to have a very special Patreon episode. And mm. which I, I had a good time with that one. We, we were, that I took my little HTC that has great speakers on it for a cell phone. Oh, and I and you can look on YouTube and you can look up videos and there's like thirty eight videos to like one movie basically and there's a an ad advertisement mm-hmm. uh, every three or four minutes, a little fifteen second ad. Uh-huh. But you can watch pretty much an entire movie. 
Some stuff's left out. But what I did is I watched, after I watched Iron Man 1 on the big screen, mm. I went back and I watched Iron Man 2 on my HTC, free, YouTube. Good for you. Iron Man 3, YouTube, free, HTC. <laughs> Why would you want to watch those movies on a dinky phone screen? I don't have them. I don't own them. I'm waiting until all of them come out. And I'm going to buy the big box. There you go. Via Blu-ray. Like to hear. That's what I'm saying. So I don't want to. I mean, I could have bought them all on DVD, and then I would have to buy them all again on Blu-ray. I don't want to do that, Russ. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I want to buy them once. I see. So they're not out yet. That's why I did it this way. So I got my Tony Stark Phil. Oh yeah, I watched event, the first Avengers also. <laughs> I stopped. I I didn't watch Age of Ultron again, but I was stopped right there. Hmm. Anyway, that was my nightly activities. I played a little bit of Spider Man, but um, that was pretty much it. You know, we had Memorial Day. This we past, did, and uh, I did rent. They shall not grow old. Never watched it. <laughs> Way still, to go! It's, it's still sitting there. Good intentions, no follow through. You know, Peter Jackson directed that one, Russ. Right? I know. I'm actually curious to watch that one. Oh, are you? I am indeed. <laughs> No, I mean, it's not one that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to watch it. But because it has Peter Jackson attached to it, I'm like, well, yeah, you know what's going to happen is it'll, it'll, you'll say, hey, can I borrow before you send it back? Like, okay. No. And then no, it'll sit not, here for I'm three gonna, weeks or longer. I won't inconvenience you that way. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You might as well just buy a copy for you and leave it here. <laughs> <laughs> and then you still won't watch. I'll have to remind you. You know, you're, you still haven't watched all the Sopranos. I don't even know where my disc, I think your, your Blu-ray player is unplugged, by the way. Oh, really? Yes. It's not turning on. When did you try to turn it on? Tonight. Well, uh, we have been painting in here, so we had to unplug some things. <laughs> I bought you that power center so you don't have to unplug one thing to unplug them all. And well, one we had plug to, to un- plug everything back in. Well, I don't know. I don't know. You're you're, you're just going to have to go back there Man. and get lost in all the wires. <laughs> see what the heck is going on. I like plugging in things. <laughs> well, I think... <laughs> Uh, even a couple of my speakers are still not working properly because we had to unplug some of them. I mean, yeah, the whole, it's just a mess, Steve. It's, it, you know, it, it, it's it's in the uh, transitional stage. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else with you, Steve? Well, I did save my work from burning down. I will check this out. Your work from yeah, burning down? Yeah, the office. Did you have a fire? Yeah, pretty much. Almost. Check this out, Russ. Chickity, chickity, check it out. What, 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 uh, what, 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 what's that all about? Okay. I, I don't know what that to was, check out. That was my inner beastie boy there. Okay, so, you beast. <laughs> so I work late, right? Mm, you do. Hi, Mom. I'm just uh, quite the dedicated employee. Yeah, I just don't have a life. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> I work, I'm working late. I'm doing stuff I got to do. You're sitting on top pa- of the Xerox making scans, aren't <laughs> you, with your pants down? Well, I don't know who keeps doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Where's all my paper going, Steve? I don't know. I, I don't know. Why does it always blame me? You <laughs> do a little Bert and Ernie laugh yeah. in my office. <laughs> Anyhow. That's the finest ass I've ever seen. That's America's ass. <laughs> oh, man. Started leaving my restaurants and the store and everything. Man, where are all these things popping up? You want me to sign it? <laughs> it's like I'm signing it for you, but it's on me. It's like I can stamp it, and then it looks like I got a tattoo on my butt cheek. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So I'm there doing my thing, preparing for the next day, trying to finish up stuff, trying to get out of there. And then it sounds like someone's weed whacking outside, but that's like they're weed whacking against the building. And so I go, what, what, what is going on? Because I saw those people weed whacking, and why I'm thinking, why are they, why they wouldn't come back? Mm. So I get up, I walk down the hall, I'm the only one there. And it sounds like, I'm like, what is that? And so I go walk up all the way to the window. And I'm looking around and no one's outside. And then I look to my left and we have this fatty Keurig that's plugged into the, the water system so okay. that we don't have yeah. to, we never have to replace the water. Things like totally expensive, whatever. Well, the thing decided that night to get possessed. <laughs> 
And so the thing was steaming like crazy and frying itself. So the whole office is is, is smelling like steam and electrical <laughs> smoke because it's literally melting its insides, right? Are you sure that it was an employee trying to like makeshift it into like some sauna? <laughs> yeah. Really. He's over there, what? <laughs> Trying to blame something on me. I'm out of here. Good night. He's in like some towel. You're like, where'd you find the towel? Yes. It's just like a bunch of paper towels. He's just kind of. <laughs> anyway. So the thing is, is not only is is spewing uh, electrical like smoke, not electrical. That's kind of a bad. Have you ever smelled electrical smoke? Oh, yes. So you know how that smells. So it's it, emitting Unmistakable. all this smoke plus the steam because it's like <laughs> brewing something. I don't know what it's brewing. Um, and then coffee starts coming out of the thing. I'm like, this is right out of Ghostbusters is what's happening. Goes all over the counter and the floor and everything. And I'm, so I have to yank out the fridge. I'm yanking all the coffee, trying to find where this plug is. Meanwhile, this thing's spitting scalding hot water on me. And, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I unplug it and it sputters and it coughs and it spits itself to death. <laughs> Oh, man. Ah, it's terrible. So I had to stay a little longer to air the place out so the alarm wouldn't. Well, I'm sure that your boss was relieved that you were still there, being such a dedicated employee and preventing the office from going through any kind of uh, horrible mishap. Right. Pat on the back, Russ. There you go. That's all I need. Pat on the back. Good game. <laughs> nice job. Yeah, <laughs> Get back to work. So I watched. Wait, what have you been up to, Russ? Well, uh, okay, there you go. Okay, thank you. Uh, I watched God of War raising uh, Kratos. That's a movie. It's not a movie. It's a documentary. Ah, uh, I mean, it's like a. It's actually about a two-hour-long documentary. I didn't even know it existed. I, I was just kind of going around through YouTube and all of a sudden it came up and it is super cool. It, it, it really chronicles the, the the process that Sony Santa Monica went through. And Corey Barlog, who is the, the game director, um, you really see how he started out with the, the, the older iterations of God of War and then going in a completely new direction with the relationship that Kratos had with his son Atreus. And it's super fun to be able to watch how... I mean, it's... I don't, I don't even know really where to begin on this thing, but it's, it, it, it's a very raw take on how a game gets developed in the gaming industry. It's not sensationalized or, hey, you know, we're just so successful and cool over here. I mean, it's very much a honest, blunt look at the process that took place in order to get God of War to the PS4. And so, it, I mean, you see a lot of frustration. You see successes you see when they had to have layoffs and you see a lot of the, the mental challenges and anguish that Corey had to go through. I was hooked like the whole time. It actually took me a couple of days just because typically I was watching it when I got into bed and was just trying to get tired and stuff and go to sleep. So I would watch like about 30 to 45 minutes at a time, but I was so glad that they decided to release that because for folks like you and I, we're just playing the final result. We're playing God of War on the PS4 and we're just blown away by the graphics, by the story, by how there's no loading screens, all this stuff. And so it was really neat to be able to watch this and see just what the team had to go through in order to produce a game like this. I mean, one of the things that they talk about is just how close the studio was to shutting down because they had put quite a bit of time, money and, and personnel into this other game that ultimately got shut down. It never saw the light of day. And all of a sudden they had like all these people that, that got transferred over and they were way too early. You know, the original plan was like, Oh, they're going to finish that game. And then they're going to come over to God of war and, and it'll just be this nice segue. Well, I think that if I remember correctly, they came over, I think like at least six months too early or something, if not more, I can't remember what the exact duration was, but Anyway, I was absolutely glued, loved watching it. I would 
highly recommend that to you as well as our listeners if, if uh, they have not seen it already. But very insightful as to how much risk there is in developing a AAA title game like that. And also what the payoff is, too, of when you realize you have something special, you've stuck to your guns, and you get to reap the benefit of having all these fans just be completely blown away. So really, really cool. I also watched Bumblebee. Did you? I did. Wow. I remember you were recommending I check it out, and so I finally I did. I, I recommended checking out the beginning. I said the rest of Bumblebee is like Transformers Hallmark style. Yes. Yes. And I agree. I think that the like the first like 10 or 20 minutes of the film... Dude, like that mind-blowingly good. It brought me instantly back to being 10 years old watching the Transformers cartoon. But done right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, just, just you're like, oh my gosh, like this is this is incredible. Like seeing all these beloved characters, both the Decepticons and the Autobots. Really, really well done. I I gotta say that for the rest of the film, uh, I thought it was smart of them to have it take place in the 80s. I thought it was really cool. I feel like they really captured the the essence of the late 80s. And there were things like like <laughs> the mother totally reminded me of our mother. Like I thought it was the funniest thing how she was a nurse and she's so affectionate and like she has like doomsday scenarios for every little thing that you want to try and do. You know, she just like does the whole helicopter parenting thing where she's like, Oh, you can't go there because statistically speaking, it's you could die or whatever it is, you know, but it's that loving like nature thing, even though it's like kind of smothering, I thought it was so funny because in the the movie, the the mother is a nurse and yet our mom in real life was a nurse before she retired. And even like our aunt is a nurse and they all like, like if you're a nurse, it's almost like there is this universal trait that's there. That's (laughs) they just all possess that. It's just, it's really, really funny. And, uh, you know, the rest of the movie, it was, it was okay. It was, it was fun to watch. I, I did think that the, the female lead, um, was lovable. You know, I, I liked the relationship that she had with Bumblebee, but it was nowhere near like on the scale of like the first 20 minutes. I thought that, right. that was just incredible. Like right. I would, I would want to see a movie just on that alone. I'm, I wonder why they just stopped there. Honestly, I mean, I know they had a story to tell, but everybody who had to see that before it hit the big screen had to have said, this is good. We, we should really rethink this <laughs> and bring out you know something else. That's just this. I, you know, th- this is almost like a, a foreshadowing to what we're going to talk about with Godzilla for me on my side of things. But there seems to be an obsession that Hollywood has where they feel compelled to have human characters. And I don't really understand that in these movies, you know, like in Transformers, in the cartoon, you you did have some human characters, but they were very sparsely used. Right. They, they were not front and center. It was the, it was the the Transformers themselves, yeah. that were the characters. And you did not have to rely on that. But it's weird in Hollywood. It's like they just feel like they have to have this whole host of of different human yeah. characters. I'm like, you guys, I don't get it. Like, I think it, I, I I will say in certain Michael Bay Transformer movies, like the first Transformer movie and like Dark Side of the Moon and stuff, I thought that it actually worked out well. It's like, okay, yeah, there's a nice blending and meshing of it and and all that kind of stuff. But after that, I don't think there's a need for it. I think that, that they can move beyond that because now you have fans who just absolutely love the franchise and they're, I mean, let's face it, they come to the movies to watch the characters like Optimus Prime and Megatron and Bumblebee and you know, Starscream, so on and so forth, so forth. So, anyway, glad I watched it. Good, good recommendation there. I, I did have fun watching that film. Good. My daughter continues to be absolutely obsessed with Sonic the Hedgehog. We he, beat Sonic Generations. Wow! And she was very excited. You know, she when you guys were over for a barbecue, mm. she of course wanted to ride on my shoulders. And wanted to go upstairs. You better treasure those moments because she's getting bigger by the I day. I know. When she's like 
30. She's going to be like, hey, right on your shoulders, <laughs> Uncle Steve. I'm like, uh, She's going to be like taller than you. Yeah, really. So, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work anymore. Anyway, so she we go upstairs. And it's kind of inappropriate. Yeah, really. <laughs> and, and so she sees my, my TV and my Xbox. And she goes, you want to play some games, Uncle Steve? <laughs> Honey, uh... I don't have daddy's games. Um, <laughs> I think I have Crash Bandicoot, but I don't know how much your attention's going to be kept with Crash Bandicoot. Let's go back downstairs. <laughs> she has been very curious to go upstairs more and more. Uh, I'm just like, hey, you don't need to go up there. You can stay down here with the rest of us. But yeah, she she does make her way up there sometimes. Also, we've been playing Team Sonic Racing, and she has been getting used to the idea, the concept of how to control a car in a mm. game. At first, it was very painful. She was going the wrong way, and she was she just seemed to be a magnet toward the walls and stuff. But after showing her the ropes a bit further, she is definitely showing signs of improvement. So she could be a wonder kind here in about a year. She knows her right from her left. Now, she's getting better. Yeah, definitely getting better. Well, in some gaming news, we have a couple of items I just wanted to talk to you about there. Dave! The first one here has more to do with new Death Stranding trailer. Have you seen this trailer, Steve? No, Ross, I don't want to see a guy walking around everywhere with a baby strapped to his back with some um, invisible monsters or whatever. I'll pass. Oh, come on, Steve, don't say that. <laughs> well, anyway, the new trailer is almost nine minutes long. Yeah. I think you really should. I think, you know, I think you should check it out. No, nope. I th I think you will be pleasantly surprised as to how much more depth is in it. I'll pass. It offers a better idea of what the story's about. I bet it'll be shown at E3. I'll wait till then, Russ. Well, just so you know, you can see more gameplay. You get to see some actual fighting gameplay mechanics. You'll see that you can ride vehicles. You can go into the past or alternate dimensions. I mean, it's, it's not as abstract as some of the previous trailers that we've watched. So, I don't know. I, I, it may be worth your time to check it out. But I, I have to admit, I do think this is probably going to be more of a Rust title, not so much of a Steve title. Right. But maybe, you know, you'd be willing to sit on the couch and watch your brother, you know? And or take a good nap. The release date, <laughs> apparently, is going to be November 8th of this year so it'd be a good winter time game to check out you know I'll be playing Final Fantasy oh I need see and you need to come over here for that too no so I can uh, I can watch it <laughs> <laughs> you have to come over <laughs> <laughs> now the second thing here is that the official title of the Avengers game has been revealed uh, if you recall actually did you hear about this story no okay so, Crystal Dynamics has announced the official name of the game that it's been working on here for the past couple of years. Originally, it, they were just kind of calling it the Marvel Project or the Avengers Project. Uh, but the game is officially titled Marvel's Avengers. So, not too far from the Avengers Project. You're like, okay, well, that makes sense. That's uh, one out of the two words. It, it, it works for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's by Marvel. And it has to do with the Avengers. What do we call it? <laughs> now, it, it, and it is confirmed that the game will be at E3. So it'll be the first time that we'll be able to see perhaps some gameplay from this highly anticipated title. There you go. I'm actually curious what the storyline is going to be. Do you think it's going to be just like what the films have shown, or do you think it's going to be more of a, an original story? Um, I think they'll probably throw in a little bit of what the films have shown, plus a little bit of original story. It'd be kind of boring if they just went through what the films you know, had. They got to th put their own spin on it. That's true. That's true. Well, we have a fun little technology uh, article here. 
which is Star Wars Legends unites for a Galaxy Edge opening. Now, we've talked about this on the show in the past, and that is that the the latest expansion for Disneyland is the Star Wars Land, the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Well, earlier this week, Steve, it became open. They had an opening ceremony for it, and Disney's CEO Bob Iger welcomed the maker himself, George Lucas, before being joined by Mark Hamill, Billy D. Williams, and Harrison Ford to the stage. It's a little bittersweet, though, because Carrie Fisher, of course, is not on stage there, but it was nice to see all those OG actors from the, uh, the Star Wars movies. What was interesting was I was looking at some of the comments that people left from these articles, and uh, there's one I wanted to share with you. This guy said, uh, I keep hearing Star Wars is no longer for us, quote unquote, yet we keep coming back to the core characters every chance we get. Where's Finn? Where's Ray? Where's Rose? Answer, Disney has too much writing on this to open it with characters no one gives two Bleeps. craps about. Yeah. <laughs> Which was really, I mean, it's very telling in terms of, yeah, like, like, there, there is so much there, and I mean, there's, there's other comments too about, um, like someone else said, one of the most shockingly bad decisions in movie history not to have any proper reunion scenes between these guys in the new trilogy, because if you think about it, they're all separated. Another person said, agreed. Force Awakens isn't a bad movie, but I wanted to see the core three together again in these movies, if not one scene at least. That would have made me smile, tear up, and filled with joy as they played off one another. I mean, it just it goes on and on and on. Um, another person said, "Yay, Luke and Han finally get their reunion." But seriously, was it that hard to write a scene where the original three were all in it? Was it Disney? <laughs> I tell you, man, the whole Star Wars community is absolutely divided. They they really are. Yeah. And of course, you know, you had some snarky fellow that said, I thought it was about the Samsung Galaxy Edge phone. That's what I first <laughs> thought, actually. <laughs> Blow up a couple of nuclear warheads and let off a mighty roar. It's time for the topic of the day. Our topic of the day is our movie review of Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Steve. Yeah, Russ. What are your high-level spoiler-free thoughts of this film? It's been a while since I've fallen asleep at a movie, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> but I was getting the nods. I'm just going to be honest. I was getting the nods. I would like you to be honest. And, um, you know, the seat only went back so far. And that's probably a good thing because it, it doesn't go back further. Because I definitely would have fallen asleep. I had to prop my head up somehow. And I ended up, like, leaning my head on my finger, actually my cheekbone, for so long that I ended up getting a zit. Right, Roar <laughs> Miles, holding my head up with my finger. So, um... But yeah, I didn't sleep through the whole thing. I would wake up basically towards the action scenes. All the other dialogue with the other characters was um, nappish. Mm. So I, you know, I, I was thinking, why, why didn't they just make this movie like a full CG movie? Why didn't they make it like Gantz Zero? You know, why do they have to go just Gantz Zero was a good movie. Uh, yeah. I just don't understand why they have to like mix. It's going to be a special effects movie, and you're going to notice the special effects totally away from the the, the real real characters. So why not just make the whole thing CG, and you can do whatever you want to do, and not have that kind of transparency? You know what I'm saying? Oh, I hear you. So anyhow, I what I thought was you know, back when we were little, we were watching the 
old school Godzilla movies with the dude in the suit and with the, the, the city models and, you know, they were doing the best they have with special effects. And yeah, it was kind of campy and whatever, but that was part of the charm. I enjoyed those. Mm-hmm. I think if you're a real Godzilla fan, you might have fun with this one. I didn't see the, the previous Godzilla movie. Oh, you didn't see the one from 2014? No, yeah, I think you asked me that last episode. Uh, Actually, no, it was the Patreon episode. You asked me about that. <laughs> I said no, but yeah, you didn't remember that anyway. So uh, I didn't see that one, and uh, I kind of don't care to. Um, so I don't want to dump on the movie too much because if you are a Godzilla fan, <laughs> you're probably going to like the movie. But you know, I I I appreciate the old school movies, but I can't really appreciate and grasp the new school movies. So that's kind of where my perspective is. What did you think, Ross? I thought the film had impressive visual effects. That was kind of a given going into a film like this, although it was it's never a guarantee. I mean, I, I've been to movies where I was expecting some amazing visual effects, and I go there, I'm thinking, man, this is not... Uh, this, is, this is pretty subpar. But this was actually impressive, in my opinion. I also thought the sound had a massive destruction, or, yeah, massive destructive quality. <laughs> it was a massive obstruction. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I, and my the, eardrum. The word kind of all of a sudden decided to flip over to something else and made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Of destruction. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the, the human characters were not interesting at all. Yeah. There were only, uh, I was surprised how there were only four monsters fighting each other. This is really not much of a spoiler. I think it's more of a kind of a heads up. You know, uh, as the title suggests, King of the Monsters, I was really expecting like a royal rumble of different types of fights and stuff. So just be forewarned, it's not what the title is making it out to be. I do hope that the future sequels will scale back. And this is what I I alluded to earlier. Um, I hope they will scale back the human stories and just focus more on the crazy monster fights because these, these people that are in it are just, I mean, it's just, I find myself just thinking, get on with it already. And I, I will, I will pose this question, Steve. Why do the monster fights all happen in the dark? I, I, I want to see some daylight fighting here because monsters are nocturnal. Whoa. We put it like that. Anyway, the spoiler elevator has been destroyed and busted by all these monsters fighting it out. So unfortunately, we have uh, no way of getting down there. So we're we're just going to go ahead and do it from here. Okay. I don't know if that was uh, mixed with some tootage over there or not, but... So anyway, this is the spoiler version of our review of Godzilla. (laughs) Let's just get rid of the first impressions. Okay, let's get right to it. Yeah, exactly. So for those of you who have not seen the movie and don't want to hear any spoilers, we suggest that you pause us and go see the film. Otherwise, if you have seen it or if you just don't care, just keep listening to what we have to say. Now, in this movie, okay... Let's go into plot here. Was there one? Not really. (laughs) I will say, okay. Again, I I just, I want to reemphasize this. I do not understand Hollywood's obsession with feeling like there's a need to have these, these human characters that do not exist in the original storylines to have these prominent roles it's almost like like if they're thinking, oh, well, the, the audience needs to have some sort of human representation. That way they can feel like they bond to them and feel like they're in the moment. But uh, when it comes to films like this, it's like, no, you, you don't need any kind of human character. Or if you do, you need to like just really sparsely have them in the film. Let the characters that everyone knows and loves take center stage and just let them roll. And I think it's the same thing with like, you know, Rampage came out recently with The Rock. And I actually have not seen that film, but the trailers seem to really suggest like, like there is a very prominent role with like Dwayne Johnson and some of the other folks who are there. But as someone who loves the arcade, 
that the that the movie was based upon. I mean, it's like okay, the the arcane game had some huge wolf, some huge gorilla, and some huge dragon looking thing, and they just like laid waste to these these huge skyscrapers and cities and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's what it's about. It's like having this huge royal rumble kind of a thing. Just do that. Just have like you like to your point. Have there be a field day with the CG characters that you see in there, and and you know. Although partially, I can understand because Godzilla doesn't talk. Godzilla, yeah, Godzilla doesn't talk, and I think that's why you use the the human characters sparingly. Like, you, <laughs> like you can you can have them like set something up, but like the fighting itself between the monsters needs to be more epic. And I think that that was one of the the things about this particular film that I found to be actually a little bit on the disappointing side compared to the first Godzilla. The first Godzilla movie, Godzilla was just brutal. I mean, you, some of the moves he was doing was, was just, I mean, you watch and you're like, man, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. In this one, it was like they, they just did a lot of grappling, but yeah. there wasn't like those, those moves were like, like maybe you wince, yeah. you know, you like, ooh, yeah. Ah. You do. I will say you do need to watch the first film because there is some some really cool spectacles in that. Well, it's kind of hard because he's kind of a lizard and a tar- Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yes, and a dragon. Yeah. So his short arms. Mm-hmm. So he can't really do much boxing. No, he's, he's not going to get all my. <laughs> he's not going to get all my Tyson <laughs> on him, Russ. I, you know, I just thought of something. What bit is your off? WWE. Or in our generation as being kids, WWF. You want a little excitement? When you think about that TV show, what do you have? You have sparse talking that sets up the fight, don't you? You Sometimes. Yeah, you know. Well, now, now, what do you have to say here, Nacho Man Randy Savage? You know, you know. And then they're going through their whole thing, and and um, it's it's literally like soap opera for young boys, pre prepubescent boys. <laughs> but what is the meat and potatoes of the show? Fighting. Exactly. It's the huge Royal Rumble in the cage. Yeah, the fighting actually wasn't that great either. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of bashing into buildings, dust flying everywhere. Then people got hurt and monsters got hurt and then they weren't hurt anymore and they were A-OK and then more grappling, fire breathing. Uh, am I missing anything? There was Mothra who was like the queen of the monsters and then she was just a big moth and mm-hmm. didn't do anything, flew around a little bit. And um, and then the the Japanese doctor was A-OK being pets to Godzilla, even though they couldn't communicate with Godzilla. And then, um, I mean, this is just me in and out of consciousness throughout the movie. I would wake <laughs> up and go back to sleep. <laughs> I mean, pretty much whenever there was a loud noise, I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, uh, piecing together, okay, they're fighting, and uh, they have this device, they're communicating with the monsters. People are scared. There's a marital dispute with the kid, and uh, what else? Did I miss anything? No? Okay, back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on some guy's shoulder on my left. Oh, sorry about that, bro. The weird thing, too, is that the the cast actually is a good cast. Like, if you look at the actors, you have Kyle Chandler, who we're fans yeah. of from Friday Night Lights, as well as um, The Wolf of Wall Street. You have uh, Vera uh, Farmiga, who I'm a fan of Vera's from The Departed with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jack Nicholson. You know, she, she, I thought she did a great role with that. Um, you have Ken Watanami, uh, who I'm a huge fan of. Of course. And you got the girl from Stranger Things. Yes. Yes. I mean, you, you just, you have so many different, um, and her name I think is Millie. Um, but all these, these actors who like, we've seen them perform in other TV shows or movies and they're fantastic. They're fantastic actors with terrible script. Exactly. Like, it's amazing to me what happens when you have a weak story and a weak script and how you can tell on, on screen they're trying to work with what they have. I mean, you even have the the, the guy, um, I'm trying to remember his name, but he's the... Um, oh, the guy from uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. Yeah, and he was the voice of uh, the one of the, the army general guy from The Witcher. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of his as well. And, and so, yeah, it's... I found it particularly disappointing how the you could just 
it was very apparent that they did not have a strong script to be able to draw from. and Which I think they had a while to work on this movie, too. If I'm not mistaken, it was like four or five years. Yes, and I think they had a different director attached to it and that sort of thing. But anyway, I think, too, it's also a byproduct of what happens when Hollywood seems to think like, oh, we have to have all this stuff thrown into the plot. Like, like they're shoehorning in like the failed marriage and this kid and all this other stuff and a sacrifice. And I'm just like this, this, none of this stuff I care about. I, I really like I, all these things you're trying I can tell you're trying to make me feel all these things. And I have come here for the sole purpose of watching monsters fight each other. That's it. That's all I want. And I think that that was also a, a similar problem with Pacific Rim 2. Because the original Pacific Rim, you know, you have the Jaegers, these huge mech warrior looking robot things that are skyscrapers tall, fighting the kaiju, which are these huge organic alien monster things. And, uh, you know, Guillermo del Toro did a, such a, a nice job of the, introducing these characters who controlled the, um, the, the uh, Jaegers. But he didn't like to focus on it for too long because you. Well, what do you want to do? You, let's get into the fight. Let's see what these what these huge behemoths do to each other, you know. And then I never saw Pacific Rim two, but just judging from the trailers and people who I've talked to have seen the film, there seemed to be more of an emphasis on some of those characters and that sort of thing. So I think that Godzilla also has the same problem in the sense that like the first Godzilla movie that came out back in two thousand fourteen. I actually was um, a fan of. I thought it was it was a fun movie. I thought it, it was very entertaining, and I thought they did a nice job of building up Godzilla. It wasn't like like they're oh here he is and he does his thing like like you really did get a sense of threat from a human level where this I mean just his sense of mass and scale is just beyond anything that anybody has ever seen before and definitely has that kind of wild animal in the zoo kind of vibe about him, that sort of thing. And you do get that in this as well. I mean, I, I will say there's that particular sequence where they're underwater and they're tracking Godzilla and then he's coming toward their, their underwater base. And then they, they um, decide to shut their weapons down and open up the shield and you see him swimming toward, I mean, I thought I was, that actually was cool. Yeah. I was like, ooh, this is this is feeling pretty uh, pretty scary here. Is having him, and especially like when he decided to swim away and did that kind of like quick blast. You know, those types of things do remind me of what it's like to go to a zoo and you're standing before some sort of huge creature that could totally kill you, and maybe they decide to go, you know, <laughs> to a different part of their cage or whatever. And it, but it startles you because you're like, dude, like this is. This is a very impressive display. I think can totally tear my arm off and beat me over the head with it. I like it. <laughs> you want a peanut? <laughs> yeah. Want to get out of my hand? <laughs> Another part of the plot that I thought actually was decent, and I wish that they spent more time with it, was when they discovered that there are these um, these tunnels or the, these... Um, paths that actually go through the Earth's core, allowing Godzilla to be able to traverse to throughout the, the different seas very quickly. I thought that was a pretty novel idea, and especially when they discovered kind of Godzilla's lair. I thought that that was really fun to be able to go deep sea diving. They discover this like ancient city that had never been seen before and it was some you know some kind of ancient civilization that actually was really cool from like a um, an exposition standpoint like it's like oh okay now we're having some kind of purpose as to how long Godzilla has been here and what the relationship was with the human race and what are some of these other monsters that sort of thing I mean that I thought that was actually pretty fun what do you think about that uh for the parts that I was awake for ah! What the heck? Uh, yeah, anyway, for the parts that I was, oh, it was, it was fine. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, I didn't think it really enriched the film at all. Uh, if I'm honest, <laughs> I mean, I think they're they were they were reaching for for anything they could pull to make any sense of the story that was beyond the fighting. 
Um, I mean, the reason they all the monsters were fighting in the first place was because some you know random corporation wanted to wake them up to take their DNA to sell it to whoever to make other weapons and stuff and profit so, from their their bodies. Yeah, right. So we're gonna wake these things up and they're gonna fight and. Yeah. So whatever happened in the, on the sidelines was just kind of marginal. Well, and the other part of the story too was the idea that this woman thinks that that she'll be able to right all these wrongs, and, and it, <laughs> the film really succeeds at me utterly hating this woman who who just has this completely just far left field. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this, this idea that like by waking up all of these huge monsters that it's somehow going to save the world and how humanity is yeah. a, is a virus that the earth is trying to purge and all this stuff. And like, I just, I found myself just, just going, man, like this, this character, I don't know if this was the, was the director's intent, but I just, I really don't like her. Well, plus like, I think the doctor was saying something about, how no, it wasn't the doctor. It was someone. Well, was, I think the guy with the glasses and the government something. He was like, "Oh, these things are gods. These are their original gods." I'm like, "No, they're just big beasts that can't <laughs> communicate and just want to fight each other." Like that's like what? Yeah, it, they didn't create anything. Like what in the world? Well, and in the plot, it's it's interesting too about how they try to bring her full circle where like she's with her ex-husband and they're trying to find their daughter. And you can tell they're trying to, to make her character seem likable again because she's come around and everything. And even then I'm like, I, I despise this character. Yeah. I, I, I find it absolutely absurd what she was attempting to do. It just didn't make any kind of sense. And I, I mean, I suppose that there are a lot of, um, uh, probably there are probably people out there in the world who who would try and attempt what it was that she was doing in the film because I got to hand it to you I mean there are some cuckoo people out there <laughs> rich cuckoo people too. yes so I mean it's it's I don't know like the, the plot itself I I didn't think was particularly good I thought I thought it was personally forgettable I think there could have been a much better vessel for how these monsters make their their big uh reveal and speaking of monsters so in the movie they talk early on about how they have found 17, 17. monsters i was awake for that part right we never saw 17 no. monsters like why was that a, why was that even a detail in the movie why would you bring that up and then only show us four well okay so they did technically speaking they showed more than four oh, well, I, was, they, I was asleep after four <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have the the Ghidorah, which is the the, the serpent, you know, the dragon with, right. with the three heads. You have Godzilla. You have the Mothra. You have that Firebird. So that's four right there. Yeah, was that that? Well, there was was there one Firebird or was there two kind of fiery looking? I was like a I was like an owl, and then something else had a different kind of head on it. it Maybe kind of so. Then you but, had a couple spidery looking things. Yeah, then you had kind of a almost a woolly mammoth inspired looking one. But he only came in the end, though. He didn't really do anything. He had, again, a lot of these monsters had like three seconds of screen time where they were talking about how they were laying waste and destruction across the globe because the Ghidorah had some sort of frequency it was emanating that was somehow giving orders or control over these these other creatures entirely. Was it me or what? At the end of the movie, did they just keep on saying, all hail to the king? Like way too many times, like oh hail to the king, oh he's the king, oh he's the hail to the king, he's the. I, I think I think those what? those were the ants that were uh, surrounding you, trying to get maybe you, uh, a kernel of popcorn for you. <laughs> <Impossibly>. <laughs> oh thanks guys, I appreciate the respect. Uh, another one, uh, What did you think of the design of the Ghidorah? I thought it, actually it was one of the highlights of the film. I thought it, you could tell that you that they put a lot of. TLC into the animations and, and the look and stuff. I, th I did think it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it was cool. I like how he was emitting lightning-ish yeah. stuff. Instead of fire, it was something else. And then at one point when all the U.S. military was coming in with Godzilla because... You know, Godzilla's got that alliance with the U.S. military. Yeah, that was a little hokey right there. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, but and then he, when that when they, when he spread his wings and then like 
fire and lightning came out everywhere. That ah! that was actually uh, I, was, I was like, oh snap! Now the movie's getting good. Yeah, that was quite the spectacle <laughs> and, for sure. And that was it. I'm like, nah, I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but so that was cool. But I mean, again. As I said earlier, there was a time when there was times when you know Godzilla was getting his butt handed to him, and then there was times when Godzilla was handing their butt back to them, and I'm like, okay, that thing's got to be dead. And then that thing got up with no blood, no scars, no wounds, and then it was like rematch, you know, fight, start all over again. Yeah, just like in Tekken or something, you know. I'm telling you, I really do. I, I don't understand why they decided to take this particular approach. And especially like, like I said, just now having said 17 monsters, it's like, show me the Royal rumble. Like if, if you're going to have a title of a movie that says Godzilla, King of the monsters, I want to see him reassert himself as, you know, King of the Hill. I, w- I want to see some gnarly, brutal fights going on. Even like, like, I mean, they don't have to all be against him per se. Like it's just all these monsters just doing all kinds of crazy stuff to each other and it's slowly whittling down. And then, you know, you finally get to the, the main event, uh, which is the, the, uh, Ghidorah, um, or excuse me, the, the Ghidorah with, uh, Godzilla. I mean, it's, it's like I said, WWE, like you have the whole Royal Rumble thing where people are getting tossed out of the ring and body slam and stuff. And then it's, it all comes down. To two men, two sweaty men, <laughs> and they do all kinds of crazy moves against each other, and the crowd's going wild, and you don't know who's going to win, and all that. I mean, it's like that's <laughs> that's all you need to do. Like you're you're totally overthinking it. Otherwise, Godzilla grabs a foldable chair, bashes it over the head. Like, where did that come <laughs> from? I don't know. It's cool. It's tacky, but I like it. And technically, he could do that. You know, he could take like instead of a chair, he would take like a billboard and. You know, with his little arms and whack him over the head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that looked like it hurt. Are those streamers that Godzilla has <laughs> tied to his arms? <laughs> <laughs> Fireworks come out from either side. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Godzilla's like running up against some trees, like bouncing off one one side to <laughs> the other side, then body slams the thing. You know, we say All these things in jest, but you know that, that it would actually have made the movie a whole lot more fun to yeah, watch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're going to see a Godzilla movie, for yeah. crying out loud. So you're not going to be watching Saving Private Ryan. No. You know, you're not going to be watching uh, Schindler's List. It's going to be an action movie and it's going to, and, and being an action movie, you want to see some good action, right? It's going to be CG. So you want to see some good CG. Why give it terrible script, throwaway characters and bad fighting? Like that's not a good recipe for anything. Even, even if they just said, okay, we know the dialogue is going to suck. Okay. That's, that's okay. Right. Our audience is not going to be, you know, the mature, you know, I'm going to watch, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, there are going to be people who are going to want to see the Godzilla stuff. So let's give them what they want. Yeah. You know, and let's make it campy. I mean, there's, for example, I never saw Sharknado. I had, uh, yeah, I, I, had, I never saw that either. I had friends that went to see Sharknado and then, or, or they didn't go to see it in the theater, but it was out on DVD and they were recommending it to everybody else saying, you have to see this. It's campy. It's like a B rated movie. It's funny because it's so terrible. Mm-hmm. And there's just, there, there is a following of those types of movies because they're fun and funny to watch. Right. Uh, and you can't take them seriously. So I guess if they would have thrown some of that in the movie, that actually would have improved it. Well, and I don't think that they should have gone the funny route with Godzilla. Right, but I mean... And I think, like I said, you need to watch the first one because I'd be curious to see if you think it's better than this one. I think it is. I I personally was like, yeah, this is... I dig this. The second one, though, they just overthought it and they just... They needed to to stick to the the basics of it. What did you think of the visual effects? You know, I wasn't that impressed. Really? Yeah. Hard man to please over here. I, some of it was, was pleasant, like when the when Mothra opens up her wings and yeah, that was water, really cool. It was beautiful, but I mean, we already saw that twenty thousand times, and all the trailers we've seen from now from now that, previous for like a year. So I mean, it, it wasn't anything new. That's a good point. Um, so I, I don't know. When I think of special effects movies, like 
I would think of uh, Avatar was, I hated the story, but Avatar, special effects, awesome. Jurassic Park, incredible story, incredible special effects. Um, and so you have Godzilla, which is going to be a special effects movie, but I just didn't think it was all that great. I mean, there were times when we were close up to Godzilla and I thought, man, Godzilla looks pissed. <laughs> what else is going to happen? You know, but I don't know. I, I, I couldn't get behind it. I, I was waiting for a lot of the other monsters to do something cooler besides just bite each other and fly. <laughs> and Yeah. I mean, when you're grasping for straws to, for reasons to like the movie, you know, that, that kind of just says something. I, and I, if, this, if the special effects were that good, for example, we liked all of the CG in Gantz Zero, we, we, and that made it an awesome movie, even though yes. we, we were questioning a lot of like, why is this there? Why is that there? Well, this doesn't make any sense. But overall, we had a good time with the movie. We had a good time with the movie. The characters actually had engaging things to say because it had a direct impact. They, they were invested in this world, whether they wanted to be or not. Right. But also the monsters were just terrifying, right? I mean, you, you look at you look at how these monsters were behaving and and just just the way they fought and everything else, and and it was, I mean, it, it is a very thrilling, brutal movie, and that just was not the case, um, in my opinion, here with the, with this Godzilla film. So, I did manage to find a few little morsels. Of movie trivia, courtesy of IMDb. Mothra's eye spots on her wings were designed to resemble Godzilla's eyes in order to create a connection between Mothra and Godzilla. Right. And they actually said something about that. One of the soldiers was, was like, oh, yeah, Godzilla, Mothra, they, they're like, they like have a thing. <laughs> yeah. So you were awake for that. I was awake for that. Mm-hmm. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, is expected to set up the confrontation Godzilla will have with King Kong in the upcoming Godzilla vs. Kong 2020 film set for release in 2020. So I, I figured that much. Here's the thing. I like King Kong. I like me some King Kong. And I want to see Royal Rumble. Between King Kong and Godzilla. Well, you got to, because King Kong ain't got no fire. He ain't got no radiation. That's right. That is correct. I'll tell you what, he brings a thunder. (laughs) He he does in his own way. But I mean, (laughs) when I see that, it it instantly makes me think of that classic, that black and white stop motion film of the Mm -hmm. T-Rex versus King Kong. Mm -hmm. Even... That dated film with like how like choppy and everything what you know the animation was, it was still a brutal fight. Like you're watching it, and you know, when you when King Kong like breaks the T-Rex's jaw and he's like standing over him, like screaming and beating his chest. I mean, all of that. I'm like, oh yeah. You know, yeah. like it just it felt like a Royal Rumble between these these ginormous beasts. And I hope that they I hope they go back to basics when it comes to that particular film. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see a bunch of humans just spouting off useless exposition. I, I, I want to see some monsters fighting it dirty. <laughs> Kicking each other in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's the largest scrotum I've ever seen in cinema. Uh, okay, so cranial scans indicate each of Ghidorah's heads possess different levels of cognitive function and possible independent thought. Right. The middle head is the most intelligent, right. acting as the alpha. Right. While the left and right heads are more akin to its lackeys. I could have told you that. Well, why didn't you? I thought you already knew it. I didn't know. How was I supposed to know? I think, technically speaking, when the Mothra threw the spiderwebby stuff, the it was the middle head that was one of the heads that got caught in the web, and I think it's, it was the right head that actually freed the middle head. So, I mean, maybe it's just happenstance or coincidence that uh, the middle head was at the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm just saying, uh, could have fooled me about who the intelligent one was. Finally... Michael Dougherty later revealed that the name Godzilla is not the primary name of the monster, but a nickname 
with the scientific name used within the film's universe being Gojira. The resulting scientific dubbing of Titanus Gojira comes from the Latin term Titanus, meaning Titan, and Gojira, meaning Godzilla in Japanese. So, hey, I find that to be actually more interesting than uh, many parts of the film. (laughs) So, in conclusion, Steve, what kind of rating would you give this film? Well, I'd probably, yeah, I'd give it a two. Don't think it deserves anything really less than a two. Uh, Like I said, you know, I'm coming at it from the perspective of I like the older kind of campy movies. I hadn't seen the one that you're talking about. Um, your expectation, my yours, your expectations, my expectations, <laughs> Who's expectations? somebody's expectations on the planet are not going to be that high when you're going into the movie. You know, you you don't you you go in because you want to be entertained by something. You know what I'm saying? But you just don't walk in there thinking that it's going to be wonderful or that you're going to be writing home or bragging about it to your buddies. Because they're not. I think that the actors were great. I think the script sucked. I think they'd be afraid to put this movie on their resumes. (laughs) That's what I think. Steve, it is uncanny to me how we have been simpatico with our movie reviews over the last several movie reviews because I, too, give this film a two-star rating. Nice. And it's for pretty much the same reasons as what you just laid out. I think that um, the cast itself, when we look at who they are, they're all very accomplished actors. I think it's just a result of a poor script. And it's just Hollywood overthinking a film that doesn't need to be thought about all that much, to be honest. I mean, like if they had put more effort into the fighting itself as to like what kind of crazy moves and stuff these monsters are going to do to each other and everything else, I think it would have made for a much more memorable spectacle. I do think that the, the visual effects uh, for the most part um, were good. I, I was very entertained by it. I think some, in some scenes I was pretty wowed actually by what they were able to accomplish on there. But I, I, like I said earlier too, I think that the first Godzilla movie was a better execution of this world that is Godzilla. So I, I mean, I'm still going to go see Godzilla versus Kong next year, but I hope that the creators are taking notes from um, folks like us that, that are giving our honest opinion of this and uh, we'll make uh, some, some certain tweaks. So, That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week when we actually talk about our E3 2019 predictions. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud.com slash TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.